Hi, this is Jovi. My name is Charlie. And you're listening to Bed, Bed Crime, Crime Stories. Stories. This is a weekly true crime podcast where we pour ourselves a drink and we take turns telling each other the stories that keep us up at night. Hola. Hi. Como estas? <laughs> Como estas? <laughs> I just want to give a quick apology for my speaking voice this afternoon. Um, I've been sick all week. Boo had a uh, lovely cold that came out of nowhere and like attacked me Gross. um so i have a throat lozenge in and i have water next to me and uh i'm gonna try my best to make it through i have a short story to tell today so mm-hmm. i'm gonna try my best to make it through without you got this dying. well i mean if it makes you feel any better you still sound better than you did the other day this is um, true when i when you sent me a voice note like the first mm-hmm. day you got sick, it was it was bad. So you definitely bad. sound better, a little mm-hmm. a little nasally, but I mean that's gonna happen, you know. Yeah, exactly. All the fluids are exiting your body. Delicious, so. mm, yummy, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yummy. So have you been on your sick day that you took from work? Did you watch anything true crimey or read anything? No. Listen, no, no. I oh. put on Parks and Rec and went to sleep. Fair, that's fair. Yeah, that's a good call. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I've um it's funny because like I keep going to watch stuff that's true crimey. And mm-hmm. then like I'm like, no, I need to not. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say on New Year's Day, my sister was here and we wound up watching a couple of episodes of the new Criminal Minds show because Criminal mm-hmm. Minds came back. Mm-hmm. So we watched the first couple of episodes of that. It's really good because it's on a streaming service, it's definitely more intense oh than the original criminal minds was okay so because they don't have to adhere to as many guidelines if on live tv got it okay so you know f-bombs being dropped and all that fun stuff which is definitely entertaining but Mm -hmm. um the stories the story is like freaking intense yeah so it's good it's very good but um, and honestly, it was one of those things of like we were watching it, started getting dark. We're like, all right, we're gonna stop watching this now because <laughs> we're, we're done. It's scurry. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. yeah, that's pretty much it. Nice. I mean, that counts. Yeah, that counts. How about you? Um, I actually watched two documentaries. I watched the one that we spoke about, the one "Don't Answer the Phone" or "Don't Pick Up the Phone" or "Don't Whatever mm-hmm, It Is." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That is that was some fucked up shit, bro. Yeah. I haven't watched it yet. Like, I, I, I it's it's terrible. It's absolutely mm-hmm. terrible. And I feel so bad for the victims. I mean, I always do, but like th- there was no need for any of this. Like mm-hmm. none. Mm-hmm. None. Um, so that that was good. I, I recommend that. And I finally watched the um Aaron Hernandez doc on Netflix. The mind of Aaron Hernandez. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Like I just oh that was that was a little heartbreaking to watch. Mm-hmm. Like I'm I'm not gonna lie. Like I feel I feel I feel like that that re- that's really shitty. Mm-hmm. He he went through a lot of shit, and mm-hmm. I mean I'm not saying that the people who um he killed or whatever deserved it, but mm-hmm. it's a crazy thing. It's yeah. it's it's a crazy thing, and like when they were showing the um the comparisons of the brain, mm-hmm. and like I know when you did the story on um, what's his name, 
the wrestling guy. I can't think of his mm-hmm. name right now. Um, oh my god! Don't look at me like that. No, I'm looking at me like that. Oh, I'm like, oh, it's like I don't remember. I'm sorry. Wasn't it Chris? Chris Benoit. That's it. Chris Benoit. Um, mm-hmm. He had the same kind of, wasn't it the same thing? The, yeah, the, the head trauma? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. And there's a lot more people that suffer with it than anybody realizes. And, and this, the scariest thing about CTE is it can't be diagnosed until a person dies. Correct. Correct. And you and- just have to like assume mm-hmm. based on behavioral changes that that's what's happening, but there's no... There's no treatment. There's no, and there's not even a diagnosis, right? It's awful. I really, I really hope that one day they'll be able to find something, some kind of testing, something that they could do um, to prevent people from doing what um, Aaron Hernandez did or Chris Benoit did, you know, like Mm -hmm. it's, it's tragic. It's tragic all around for the victims and for the killers murders mm-hmm. whatever you know what i'm trying to say yeah um but yeah that's that's what i watched mm-hmm. that's what i watched um i haven't there's not many like you know when you're looking for something to watch you're mm-hmm. like i know there's things i wanted to watch but i can't remember them and everything you're looking at doesn't sound good and i'm just mm-hmm. like i can't think of anything that i wanted to watch now so yeah yeah. yeah, I've been so stuck in just like rewatch mode just because mm-hmm. I just need like that comfort TV mm-hmm. of like, I just need to watch things that I know what's going to happen. I'm not going to be like, I don't have to really pay attention to that type of thing. Yeah. Um, And honestly, I was like in the mood to watch something documentary like the other day. So I actually put back on Low Country, the one about the Murdoch murders. Nice. I put that back on again. Nice. Oh, just I because it's like, that. I don't really have to like pay attention because I know what's happening and I've right. seen this already. But Right. I was in the mood for something different than just like a comedy. I don't know. Yeah. No, I got you. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. I need to watch that. That is one that I need to watch. Maybe I'll watch that tonight. It's so good. It's only three parts. So, Mm. and it goes fast. Yeah. But that's a good one. All right. Mm -hmm. Very good. Very good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, do you have any uh, true crime headlines? I actually do. What, What? Um, let me unlock my phone. Mm-hmm. Um, now I can't take credit for finding this. Uh, Charlie actually sent it to me. Yes, I did. Um, because <laughs> I've been slacking on the news front. I'm not even. I'm not even gonna lie. Like I go through phases where I'm like all about it, and like I'll read the headlines and I'll read stories that intrigue me. But like lately, no, no, mm-hmm. just no. Um, but. This true crime headline, it was updated yesterday, Friday the 13th, um, at 1230. And this is coming from CBS News. Um, Mm -hmm. Anna Walsh case, what we know about the missing Massachusetts mom. I actually didn't know anything about the story until Charlie sent me this this article. And apparently, 39-year-old Anna Walsh, a mother of three from Massachusetts, has been missing since... Uh, the beginning of January, uh, after she had dinner with her husband and a friend on New Year's Eve, and the case has been under investigation for over a week. She was supposed to take a flight down to Washington, D.C. on January 3rd, but she was missing. And mm. when they questioned her husband, Brian Walsh, he said that she had went down there earlier, but there's no records. 
and they did wind up uh, arresting Brian on what was it, January eighth. Right? Uh, yeah, it was probably yeah. a little over a week ago. Yeah, yeah, on January eighth. Uh, he was arrested and charged with misleading investigators. And apparently this douchebag, I'm, I hate him already. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he was apparently on home confinement at the time of her disappearance because of a federal convic- conviction involving a scheme to sell fake Andy Warhol paintings. Like, dude. What a fucking winner. Like, my God. I, I don't. I don't understand. And apparently they did find a bloody knife in the basement of his parents' house. Mm. So that's what's going on with that right now. Um, So, and it looks, oh, wow. I just seen this. Investigators also found trash bags with blood, a hatchet, a hacksaw, a rug, and used cleaning supplies. Oh, wow. Dude. Yeah. So that's what's going on with that right now ridiculous just ridiculous and as i said to charlie like not that this matters because it's not about that she is beautiful Mm -hmm. and he looks like a turd like he looks like (laughs) like when you look at him you're like oh yeah he would totally try to sell fake andy warhol paintings (laughs) like 110 he's the guy standing on the street corner with his (laughs) his like jacket out like wristwatches wristwatches i got rolexes like yes that's exactly what he looks like so picture that in your mind and yes that's exactly what he looks like yeah so yeah that is yeah that is crazy that's i was crazy. uh i was scrolling on tiktok the other day and this girl was like what is up with brian's lately you had um brian laundry mm-hmm. and then you had the dude who is the suspect in the idaho murders right name is brian this dude's name is brian and i'm like <laughs> sitting here and i said i was like i commented i'm like me sitting here looking at my boyfriend named brian with side eyes like don't snap <laughs> yeah so uh, uh keep him at a little bit of arm's gonna, length right now yeah, we're gonna keep a close eye on that one <laughs> i mean not um, that i think he'd snap like that but you know what hey it's hey. something that's going around with brian's so dude who knew mm-hmm. who knows <laughs> um yeah actually it was really funny he came home from work yesterday and he's like my mom has two crime stories that she needs to talk to you about and i'm like let me guess and he's like okay i'm like the idaho four and the massachusetts woman that's been missing he's like yeah and i'm like <laughs> i know those are the two biggest ones uh-huh did you hear about the dude um in california who tried who drove his tesla off a cliff with his wife and two kids in it yes in the car? yes yes yep i <sighs> and they all lived that's crazy. So now he got arrested on uh, Good. Good. attempted murder charges. And thank God they all lived. Like the yes. wife and kids lived. Thank but, God. I mean, and I like don't... you look at the crash site, how, how? they lived, I have no how? idea. That it no, I'm sorry. Like you said, looking at those pictures, it's like, no, they're all dead. Mm-hmm. They're all they're not though. But mm-hmm. you know what though? When he does get sent to prison, he's not gonna live long anyway, because he tried to harm a child. Yeah. So yeah, about it's just that. crazy about that that's Mm -hmm. insane people are stupid that's not a great way to start 2023 guys no let's let's for sure let's not do that yeah Mm -mm. that was a crazy story when i heard about that i was like um i say what now yeah and the fact that all like i said the fact that all four of them survived is just insane to me agreed agreed Mm. there was definitely somebody or something watching over them when they did that that's unbelievable unbelievable 
Um, and I do want to just very quickly, um, as an Elvis Presley oh. fanatic, just want to pay tribute to um, Lisa Marie Presley, who died this yeah. week, only four days after her father's birthday. That's so sad. She, yep. She was only 54 years old. Um, went into cardiac arrest, was rushed to the hospital, and soon after did pass away. So very sad. Very, very, very sad. You know, her um her son, Benjamin, um, had died by suicide in 2020. Oh, right. I remember that. Mm-hmm. And I know that like since then she had done a lot of interviews just and you know, just talking about grief and how, you know, yeah. one never heals from things like that and you know what have you. So, you know, she's with her daddy and her little boy. Yeah. It's just that's, that's really sad. And she wasn't awful. old by mm-hmm. any means either. No. It's just, it's, it's terrible. It's terrible. Yep. Pour one out for our homie. Mm-hmm. Very sad. Yes. Um, we did get a, a DM on Instagram from a listener yesterday after listening to um, this past week's story mm-hmm. um, was the story about um, Amy Lynn Bradley. Right. And uh, the, the comment says, so I'm sliding into the DMs with a theory about this week's story. They said if she was sex trafficked, which I think she was due to the continued sightings of her, the pictures that were taken from the formal night on the ship were 100% taken from the trafficking ring as sales photos. Oh, for sure. Mm -hmm. For sure. I absolutely 110% agree with that. I said the same thing to the listener. I was like, um, same Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) thing. And then I like went on a rant about my theory. (laughs) I was like, and another thing. You go on a rant? No never. way. Never, never. But you yeah. never do that. That's so unlike you. Like, so unlike you. Quite unlike me. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yeah. Those are all oh. the uh, updates and headlines and yep. things going on in our worlds. Yep. Not the greatest way to start 2023, like I said, but Near. you can't fix stupid. You know, you just, nope. you just can't. You cannot. But on that note, Charlie, mm-hmm. I believe you have our story for tonight. So, I do. I do indeed. And uh, this is a historical one. Ooh. I'm excited. You so, haven't done one of those in a while. I have not. Hmm. And I titled this Henry Rathbone, John Wilkes Booth's Other Victim. Oh, okay. So my sources for this story are Wikipedia, mm-hmm. the Washington Post, the New York Historical Society, mm-hmm. All That's Interesting, and an article from the Claremont Sun by Mark Hoover. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. So, on April 14th, 1865, John Wilkes Booth quietly enters the presidential box at Washington, D.C.'s Ford's Theater, where President Abraham Lincoln, his wife, First Lady Mary Todd Lincoln, and their guests, Major Henry Rathbone and his fiance Clara Harris, were watching the third act of the comedy Our American Cousin. Hmm. Booth used a wooden plank to like bar the door shut. And just as the audience begins laughing at a line in the play, Booth shoots the president in the back of the head. Jesus Christ. And he waited. So John Wilkes Booth was an actor. And he knew the play Our American Cousin very well. Mm -hmm. So he purposefully waited for this moment because he knew that this line always got a big laugh. Mm. And he knew he could mask the sound of the gunshot 
under the laughter from the audience, which happened. That's crazy. Like just thinking about how loud a gunshot is. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Especially back then, I imagine probably louder, right? Yeah. Yeah, Because it was more of like an explosive thing than. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Huh. Okay. So there's a scuffle in the box and Henry Rathbone tries to attempt to stop Booth from fleeing the scene. But he winds up stabbing Rathbone in the arm and he stabs him like from right under the armpit and slices him almost to his elbow ooh, ooh, ooh. within an inch of that major artery that's in your arm. Oh yeah. my. Bad. So because he stabs him, Rathbone, of course, like flinches back. And in that moment, Booth leaps from the balcony onto the stage and raises the bloody knife in the air and he shouts six semper tyrannis which in latin means thus always to tyrants wow yes um booth then exited the theater through a side door and jumped on his getaway horse (laughs) (laughs) how much how many horsepower do you think that horse (laughs) one one horsepower (laughs) i mean i mean you don't know he could have trained it to have at least three yeah, yeah I mean, possibly. possibly. It could have been a racehorse. Yeah, apparently, right. like pushed the guy out of the way that was holding on <laughs> yep. to his horse's reins for him. And he's like, "I'm out of here." So I he... just the visual of him getting onto a getaway <laughs> horse just it's like, oh, the 1800s. So like he had the original Mustang. He did. He did. He did. <laughs> um. So back back in the balcony, Rathbone, after having been stabbed in the arm, um he was able to get the barricade out from the door Mm -hmm. so that way doctors could enter the box and provide aid to the dying president lincoln was carried across the street to a boarding house because they knew he wouldn't survive the transport back to the white house they weren't far but far enough that they didn't want to have him travel too far yeah um and there at the boarding house he was being cared for by doctors uh rathbone and his fiance clara helped the first lady get across the street to be by her husband's side and shortly after that, Rathbone fainted due to blood loss. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. And like just the adrenaline, all that blood is mm-hmm. pumping even more. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was taken to the family home nearby. Now, his wife's dad was, I believe, a senator at the time. Oh, okay. So he and Clara were actually living in Washington, D.C. at the senator's home. So that's where they went. That's where he went to recover. Mm-hmm. The next morning, the president died, and the life of Booth's other victim, Henry Rathbone, would never be the same. So a little bit about him. Henry Rathbone was born in Albany, New York. He was one of four children of Jared Rathbone, a merchant and wealthy businessman who later became the first elected mayor in Albany. Oh, look at that. Um, And Pauline Rathbone. That was his mother's name. His father died in 1845, and he left Rathbone an inheritance of $200,000 in those days' money. Do you want to guess how much that would be worth today? $200,000. In 1845. I am going to say $2 million. Uh, Not even close. $7.8 million. Holy shit. So, like well off oh my god that's like all the money that there was back then beyond money (laughs) they had like beyond money yeah wow so yes his widowed mother married a man named ira harris in 1848 harris was appointed u.s senator so yes he was a senator (laughs) (laughs) um he was appointed u.s senator from new york and was also a widower with four children himself his wife louisa had died also in 1845 
So had a lot in common. They both had four kids. Mm -hmm. Both of their spouses died in 1845. They fall in love. They get married. So as a result of this marriage, Ira Harris becomes Rathbone's stepfather and Ira's daughter, Clara, becomes Rathbone's stepsister. But then they fall in love. So they form a close bond and then later fall in love. And the two were engaged shortly before the beginning of the Civil War. Now, they were adult children at the time. So, like, okay. honestly, it doesn't. No, it doesn't give me that much. No, if they I were was like just going to say little kids. Yeah, that's different. That's mm-hmm. different. Like, yeah, I, I was actually. Yeah, the adult thing. It doesn't give me either. But if like yeah. they grew up together, like they were siblings. Correct. Yeah, that's that's different. Right. Okay. And she was two years older than him. Okay. Um, Rathbone studied law at Union College in Schenectady, where he was apparently known to skip classes a lot. (laughs) Um, And he worked in a law partnership in Albany. In 1858, he entered the New York National Guard, and shortly after that, he was selected to be sent to Europe as an observer during the Second Italian War for Independence. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, Back in America, he entered the Union Army at the start of the American Civil War, and he served as a captain in the 12th Infantry Regiment at the Battle of Antietam and the Battle of Fredericksburg. By war's end, he had attained the rank of major. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. During the war, Clara, so now during the war, Clara, from what I could gather from the articles, she had gone to live in Washington, D.C. because he was off at war. So she went to D.C. to be like where her parents are, were because, mm-hmm. of course, her dad was a senator. Um, and throughout through that, because she was in D.C., she became really friendly with Mary Todd Lincoln, who was serving as the first lady at the time right. through society. Right. Because she was society lady oh, they were super they were rich, rich. Mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and of course also the political connections of yeah. her father they were in the same party as lincoln so of course they wind up being kind of in the same circles yeah that makes sense right so this all brings us back to the night of the assassination the lincolns had invited other couples to join them including future president ulysses s grant and his wife oh. julia but all of their other invitations were declined and that's how clara and henry wound up in the presidential box with the first couple gotcha okay Mm so in the commotion immediately following the assassination rathbone shouts stop that man clara yells the president's been shot clara later recalled that um recalled that night in a letter to a friend saying that her dress was covered in blood and at first the first lady assumed that it was the president's blood but it wound up mm. being mostly rathbones because yeah. lincoln he was shot in the head he actually didn't bleed that much mm. um but rathbone henry did a lot, <laughs> well, a lot. yes yes yeah. um so a few years after the assassination henry and clara got married they went on to have three children of their own the oldest was actually born on lincoln's birthday in 1870 oh. Um, They moved into an elegant 22-room home on the west side of Lafayette Square in Washington, D.C. They had a summer home up in Albany. So, again, Richie McRich Rich. Mm -hmm. But Rathbone never got over his guilt over what happened at Ford's Theater. He felt that he could have and should have done more to prevent the shooting or, at the very least, save the president's life. And apparently, others in their social circle would gossip that they agreed with him. Well, that's um, not right. They yeah, weren't kind there. Of yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like you I don't know. know exactly what happened. You weren't there. You only know from what you hear. Uh huh. That's rude as fuck. 
Mm-hmm. And even though he's now a very wealthy man, very prosperous, he was like walking around wearing top hats. He had like a little pinky ring, used fancy <laughs> walking canes. Mm-hmm. He was very sickly. And apparently he was suffering from dyspepsia, which is a chronic stomach disorder, usually associated with a nervous disorder. So mm. basically he, his guilt and his worry over that night made him sick. Yeah. Now, because of the amount of money that these two had, um, both himself and Clara individually had a crap ton of money, he technically didn't need to work. But in 1877, his friends and his relatives attempted to get him a post of charge de affairs in Denmark, which I'm assuming is just like the, uh, like, what is it called? Uh, ambassador to mm. Denmark. Mm-hmm. I was assuming, I'm assuming that's what that means. Yeah. Um, under the new administration of President Hayes. Rutherford B. Hayes. So over two dozen letters were sent on Rathbone's behalf to get this position. There was a letter sent from Civil War hero General William Sherman, who was at that time commander of the U.S. Army. Um, Also writing a letter was the famous Admiral David D. Porter, um, and he called Rathbone, quote, his my esteemed friend. Oh, uh, Rathbone's old Civil War commander praised his gallantry and intelligence, adding, quote, I have a great interest in his welfare and advancement. Mm. Yet most of the correspondence left out the one thing that Rathbone was likely most known for. His I mean, being present at the assassination. Right. Um, and of all the letters, only two of them mentioned his role at the theater. Mm hmm. Well, he and, shouldn't be known for that, though, you know? Correct, like, correct. But it would have probably been better if you would have just acknowledged it and been like, he tried to save the president. He yeah. got the first lady taken care of. Like, you could have yeah. used that, I guess. And also probably would have bolstered how he felt about the whole situation as well, you know? That's fair. But despite the effort, he didn't get the job. So... Rathbone's friends would later say that over the next few years, he turned increasingly volatile. Now, was it steaming or stemming directly from him not getting the job? Was it kind of a progression from his guilt and anger over the assassination? Who knows? But over the years, it was getting worse and worse and worse. Mm -hmm. And he became obsessed with the notion that Clara was going to leave him and take the kids. Oh, no. So... At this point, it's 1882. Clara is 48 years old. She has wealth of her own. She was charming. She was elegant. um, And more than likely, her life with Henry was probably incredibly difficult. So it really, I think, stoked that fear in him. Yeah. So by late 1882, Henry, Clara, her sister Louise, and Henry and Clara's three children. So Harry, who was 13, Gerald, who was 12, and Pauline, 10, sailed from New York aboard the steamship Wera to Germany. Oh, wow. And supposedly Clara only agreed to go after her sister Louise said she would join them. So maybe it was just because of how volatile her relationship was with Henry. But and she, she wanted like that extra piece of security, support. sense of security. Yeah. 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 And, but, but it was also said that the point of them moving over to Germany was she wanted to get him away from the other people thinking that he was at fault about everything because still to this at this time you figure we're now looking what 12 years later yeah right um he's still known for this people are still talking about this This is all he's known for yeah which is awful yeah i was gonna say that can't feel great (laughs) no not at all so um 
They head to Germany. By December of 1883, the family, along with a governess, had been living in an apartment in Hanover for about seven months. Henry had become even more depressed and erratic after the move. He was pale and thin, and it was said that he was afraid of even himself because he was having hallucinations. Mm. His relationship with Clara had grown even more tense. Um, it was said that she was so, he was so afraid she'd leave him that he wouldn't even let her sit near a window. Oh, my. Like, paranoia times a million. Um, he begged her to stay with him, but also around this time, he buys a gun. Oh, Jesus. On the evening of December 23rd, 1883, he brings the gun into his children's room. But Clara, fearing for the kids' lives, coaxes him back into their bedroom and closes the door. Mm-hmm. The two of them start to, to, I guess, argue, and Rathbone then, atta- then attacks Clara, shooting her several times, and then stabbing her to make sure she was dead. Oh, my God. Then he begins to stab himself. He stabbed himself five times in the chest in an attempt to commit suicide. Why didn't he just shoot himself? I don't know. Maybe he uh, he shot her several times, and it oh. was a revolver, so he okay. may have run out of bullets. Oh, my God. Not bullets. Bullets. I got gotcha. <laughs> bullets. <laughs> uh, um, he was charged with murder, obviously, but yeah. he was declared insane by doctors. Um, he even tried to blame the murder on an intruder, but he was with the hallucinations, with everything mm-hmm. else that was going on. They wound up um committing him to an asylum. So he went to an asylum for the criminally insane in Germany. And the children were sent to live with their uncle, William Harris, back in the U.S. Okay. Rathbone spent the rest of his life in the asylum. He died August 14th, 1911, and he was buried next to his wife in the city cemetery in Germany. For many years, Clara had kept the bloody dress from the night of the assassination in a closet in their family summer home in Albany. According to family legend, she had the closet bricked up like enclosed in bricks because she thought she saw Lincoln's ghost in 1910. So just before his father died, their eldest son, Henry Riggs Rathbone had the dress burned stating that it had been nothing but a curse on his family. I mean, fair. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then interestingly enough, 12 years after that, Henry was elected to Congress and served until his death in 1928. Oh, wow. So, yeah. That's the story of the Rathbones. Wow. Uh-huh. I had I had no idea about mm-hmm. any of that. That's insane. Mm-hmm. And they're actually depicted, uh, Clara and Henry are depicted a lot in like paintings of the assassination. Uh-huh. So whenever you see like an artist's rendering of the assassination, there usually is another couple in the uh, balcony okay. with Lincoln and Mary Todd. And that's them. That's insane. Yeah, there's actually one uh, painting that I saw in, I think it was the New York Historical Society page when I was doing my research with them. And it was a painting from Lincoln's deathbed. And Clara was depicted as standing behind Mary Todd Lincoln as he was Mm. dying. That's sad. Mm -hmm. That's sad. Like, that just, that's incredibly, that is a sad story. That's another one of those things where, you know, you're damned if you do you're damned if you don't even if he did try to help and i mean obviously he helped but like there was nothing that he he's not a doctor mm-hmm. he wouldn't know exactly what to do he did what he thought was right in the he moment tried to, yeah he tried to stop him he tried to yeah. wrestle him like to make him make sure he was there so they could right. catch him 
Right. Um, but yeah, he just Ugh. could never get over the guilt of him not being able to save Lincoln. That's sad. Mm-hmm. That's sad. Yep. Well, well, that was a very interesting. Very interesting story. Thank mm-hmm. you for that historical story. I appreciate it. Normally, mm-hmm. um, historical stories are not my dig, mm-hmm. but I did enjoy that one. I well, thought that one was a cool story. I didn't, you know what I mean? Yes, it was yeah. actually a very cool story and good to know because, you know, like I said, I didn't know anything about it because the only thing I know from that night is Lincoln's assassination. Mm-hmm. So nice. Mm-hmm. I learned something today. Mm-hmm. 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 I appreciate it. Well, on that note, mm-hmm. please send us stuff. send us recommendations say hello Mm -hmm. tell us your thoughts on this story and you know um president lincoln if you want to um and (laughs) the best way to do that is to either send us an email at bedcrimestoriespod at gmail.com or since you're already following us on the instagram at bed crime mm-hmm. stories slide up into our dms we mm-hmm. appreciate that so let's do that please like rate review and subscribe mm-hmm. please do that yes and tell your friends tell your friends tell them that they will not only hear about merdares they will also mm-hmm. learn things from our past so yeah yeah they will we're history lesson man <laughs> we are we're, we're very very educational mm-hmm. please be kind be the band-aid just just do it okay just just do it we preach to you guys all the time and you know what yeah i do want to sound like a broken record smile hold the door for somebody um mm-hmm. pay for somebody's coffee if you're able to mm-hmm. i mean it's little things like that they go a very very long way agreed as always thank you guys for listening we love you we appreciate you we do this for you and because of you mm-hmm. so thank you and you know I hope you guys have a good day, good night, good everything. Mm-hmm. We'll see you guys next week. But until then, sweet, sweet dreams. dreams. Our theme song is the song Industrial Music Box by Kevin McLeod at incompetech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. creativecommons.org backslash licenses backslash by backslash 3.0.